Hey, welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and I am delighted today, David Vanderpool, our newest faculty member at Coaching You, spoke in Vegas this summer, a supreme coach. David is one of the top young coaches in the NBA, been in Portland for the last seven years, has gone to Minnesota to join Ryan Saunders as the associate head coach. You're going to really enjoy him today after this timeout. Come back and listen to David Vanderpool from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. And I'm so excited today. David Vanderpool, the associate head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, is our guest. David, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. You're undefeated. We haven't started That's the right. season That's yet, right. so you know. <laughs> so that is it's great. the best time of the season. Everybody's smiling right now. You know, one of the things we go back a long, long way. Uh, but you know, as a player, you know, I, I watched you closely and stuff. You were a really good player. You played overseas a lot. Played, got a shot in the NBA. Played in the CBA. Uh, you know. I, I said this to Doc Rivers one day, you know, Doc, you know, I think you'd really be a good coach. And he said, no, I don't want to ever coach, man. I love playing. I don't. <laughs> but now he said to me, I never thought I'd like coaching more than I'd like playing. How about yourself? I feel exactly the same. I, as, a, as a player, uh, you know, dealing with uh, many of the trials and tribulations that players have to go through through the course of seasons and, and seeing also their teammates and their peers, you know, deal with a lot of things off the court and, and, and on the court as well. I, I didn't ever think that I wanted to be a coach who had to help them navigate more through their process and through some of those things. And, um, you know, I, I always, uh, Anthony Messina used to always talk to me about, Hey, you going to coach when you, when you retire. I'm like, no way. There's no way I'm coaching. Man. <laughs> you know, somehow you look up eight years later, I'm, I'm coaching and, very happy and really enjoying it and and really enjoying uh trying to help change young men's lives and, and be a part of the, the improvement that they have on and off the court you know uh for the past 10 years or so 11 years i've, I've run a program for our incredible nba players association from players active and recently retired players that someday want to be coaches and you know, we get the, it's at the top 100 high school camp and mm -hmm. we have 20 guys come in and we've had some phenomenal guys come through 
And the first thing I tell them the first night is you have to change your mindset from being a player to that. Mm -hmm. uh, coaching, it's a different mindset. So as a player, it's all about you. It's about points. It's about how many minutes I'm getting, how many shots I'm getting, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden when you become a coach, it's all about everyone else. How hard was that adjustment for you? Um, it, it was, I think it was somewhat difficult, but in a, in a different sense, um, as a, as a player, I was, you know, fortunate enough. And I think a lot of times people see guys that play this position as future coaches for diff for different reasons, being a point guard. Um, the fact that I played point guard, my attitude was a lot of times about the team, about others. And I know a lot of a lot of people that you know that don't play or or that were former players are like, oh, point guards can a lot of them can be coaches. They're coaches on the floor. A lot of a lot of monikers that go with that position. But I think my mentality was was a lot more geared towards being helpful in that in in that manner as a player. So that adjustment wasn't. I don't think that adjustment was that difficult. The adjustment that was difficult for me was first of all some of the things that I was capable of doing or could do or did in certain situations weren't always applicable. So you try to kind of impart your experience into every situation and say, all you have to do is this and all you have to do is that. And, you know, when dealing with different players, they have different attributes, different things that they are either capable of doing or, or uh, skilled, more skilled at doing, you know, better at different areas than others. And you have to kind of I guess, navigate through understanding who that guy is and how to best help him in that same or similar situation. They're looking through a different lens than the lens that you look through. As a matter of fact, now that you got 3D glasses and virtual reality glasses, where we had the old, you know, the old, old lens that you had to wipe off with your hands or whatever it was. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's completely different. And that aspect was, um, was an adjustment for me as well as, uh, delivery. Uh, you know, being able to deliver a message to, first of all, individuals uh, in a way that, that, that best was best helpful for them and most helpful for them, and uh, also teams and being able to address the entire team in a way that, that again, was, was applicable to each situation and something that was going to help them absorb what you needed them to absorb and, and be able to take it and grow from it. You know, in the past seven years, I guess, or was it seven years in Portland? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, you know, you you had a, I thought, one of the really fun backcourts to watch, you know, and CJ and a Dame. Uh, you know, those guys were just spectacular. Mm -hmm. And the efficiency that you they operated, the, the stuff that you guys ran and stuff like that. But the biggest thing, the X and O's of Terry Stotts and you, are, are fabulous okay but nowadays what's more important x's and o's or being able to relate and connect to players i, I really believe that uh, there, there is a a major obviously major push and and you know this from being in the game for so long and having seen so many things been around so many different uh, coaches and been in every single facet of the game um, you know, with your experience, just understanding how everything has, has evolved into what we see now, not so much only on, on the court, but off the court. There used to be, especially when I played, there was an, an imaginary line. Um, 
within the ranks of each organization. And there was an imaginary line between players and coaches, and there was an imaginary line between coaches um, and front office, front uh, upper management, and so on and so forth. And those lines so were, were a lot more tangible than I guess people would believe because you kind of didn't cross those lines. Coaches were not to get cl- too close to players. That was right. taboo. Right? That was not accepted under any circumstance, and there were reasons for that. And, you know, with the evolution of the game on the court, that that off-the-court evolution has become a mainstay where having a relationship with these guys is vastly important, in my opinion. First of all, because they're so much younger than the guys when, you know, when I played and, and, and before, uh, as far as the teams go, now they're, you know, if there's one 30-plus player on a team, he's considered an old guy. If he's 30, 31, he's like an old guy. And uh, there aren't any other players that are more or older than that, pretty much. So, you know, across the board, most teams are, are you know, every all of the players are somewhere in their 20s, maybe 30. But you don't go too much far beyond that. When I played and back in those, back in those days where those imaginary lines existed uh, more thoroughly, you had at least a, a few 34 or so year old players on the team. It was that wasn't ever uncommon. And the young fellas, the ones they called young fella, we were the <laughs> ones that went to college for four years and were 23, 22, 23 years old. So we were young fella. And, you know, nowadays those are five year vets. So, I mean, that dynamic and the young, the, the youth movement as far as the, the league goes. Those guys still need so much direction, so much guidance, so much uh, advice for life situations. They, they, you know, we we want to treat them as grown men and as adults. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was 22 years old, I, I, <laughs> I didn't know anything, and I thought I knew everything, and it wasn't even close. You know what I mean? So, you know, the the things that they actually yearn for, I think, help to gear the mentality of needing to have that relationship and when we help them help them grow in that manner it helps with the x's and o's now now whatever you're telling them to do on the court especially after having that type of relationship they understand that it's coming from a place of care it's not coming from a a space of of anything if there's a reason that you make a decision they may not like the decision but they at least have some knowledge of who you are and and the fact that you're trying to make decisions to the best of your ability and and that's it they may they can disagree with the decision but there's a different level of respect when that relationship is there. So in, in talking about, uh, uh, I'm fascinated, uh, with Dame Lord, uh, you know, and, uh, I watch him play, uh, you know, and I know how proud you are of, you know, watching him become basically a $200 million player. I mean, that's (laughs) an achievement for a guy from, you know, from his school. And, but tell me what makes Dame Lord special. I think uh I think one of the first things that that has made him special is his his willingness to kind of absorb and 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 learn uh, you know again now nowadays especially a lot of a lot of kids come into this league with a lot of uh accolade uh, a lot of uh, attention a lot of different things that they've had for, you know, many years before they ever touch him, touched an NBA floor. Um, most of them, not even before, they, even before they touched the college floor. And, you know, a lot of times 
that can tend to jade your sense of where you actually are as far as the knowledge of the game. And Damien, you know, again, he went to school for four, he went to Weber State for four years, so he had a little different perspective in that in that uh, in that respect. But I, I think it helped him keep a certain level of humility. Now I know his his family very well, and I know how strong that that has influenced him as far as who he is. But that level of humility allows you to, to first of all, turn your mouth off and your ears on and you can listen and learn. And then it gives you an, a, an opportunity, a chance to be special. I mean, I, I think a lot of these players are very, you know, obviously highly talented and they have so much ability and so many things at their disposal. But if they if they don't aren't willing to, I guess, listen to everything and try to grasp every bit of those tools, and sometimes they, they end up uh, selling themselves a little bit shorter than they could. Now, to me, that's the first step because it allows you the, the chance to possibly become special. But with Dame, with Dame, he I mean, he puts in the work. He really lives, breathes, and is exactly who he's, he's portrayed to be. And, you know, I think that a lot of times you get uh, a farsity of, of a reality as to who these guys really are sometimes because of their persona in, in, in the sport and the things they do on the court and so on and so forth. And Dame has, has given, given the, the world, I think, a, a better glimpse of who he really is. But, I mean, he, he really is that guy that embodies, uh, you know, his respect campaign means a lot to him. It always has. And he tells, you know, he could tell a, a few stories about situations where, situations that have happened to him over years growing up and why he decided to do the respect campaign. And, um, you know, he, he has a lot of, uh, I think a lot of, uh, of diverse experiences growing up in the neighborhood he grew up in with the family, uh, he grew up around and they've been able to, you know, give him a bunch of different tools to allow him to be a special person. Um, and I think that's the first step again, being a special person, you just, you know, you open up everything else. Now, his playing ability, the ability and the things that he's able to do on the court is, is a lot of it is built. A lot of it is, is, is born from the hard work that he's put in and, and the things that he's, uh, worked at consistently and, and diligently to be able to actually do when it's time to perform. And, you know, that always draws the, the, the people in. That's the first level of, I think, attention. And then after that, you know, the question is, how do you keep him there? And, and his personality keeps him. They, everybody likes him. Everybody loves him, and they should. Mm. Well, you know, for those, we have a ton of listeners that are even outside the United States, all over the world. Uh, but, you know, tell folks, uh, number one, where's Dame from, Damien from? And then secondly, the Respect Campaign, for those that don't know about it. Okay. Yeah, he's, from, he's from Brookfield, from Oakland, California. Um, and, uh, the respect campaign, it was, it's an anti-bullying campaign and he's done, well, I'm trying to remember what year he started. Um, I think it was his third year in the league. It may have been his third year in the league, but he started, he started this, this campaign, uh, anti-bullying campaign, um, and did many, you know, he would he would do appearances at uh, especially inner city schools down uh, in Portland, and it started 
honestly with obviously the anti-bullying part, but there were many facets to it. Their grades had to be of a certain level. Um, the, uh, the atten- attentiveness in, in classes had to be of a certain level. And, da- and the, the funny part about this is Damien actually would check on these things. And when he would go to these schools, they would select a few students that stood out according to teachers and the things that Dame kind of looked at. And he went through the process with all of these things. And those students would get some special, you know, special gift. They get some limited release shoes or they get some, obviously, you know, they, the, the schools would get tickets to the games and, uh, you know, all of the students that, that made the Dean's list would definitely get, you know, tickets to the game, to the best games that we had. And he just kept doing different things time and time again. And um, as the campaign kind of grew a little further towards the uh, respect uh, thing, the anti-bullying thing, he, he did obviously many different commercials and things uh, and, and was able to win an award uh, from the NBA uh, for his community service. But he like embodies the belief in, in what he's actually putting, putting out there to the public. This is not like a, a campaign that was put together by his, his team of, people that work for him and he is like doing the appearances. He actually goes through the process of understanding who these children, these kids are spending time with them. Um, you know, they, they just, they just did something. I think, uh, this year at, uh, uh, Oaks park in the roller skating rink, um, in Portland. And it was for all of the students that were in involved with his respect campaign. And, um, I mean, he, he goes, it goes deep all the way into, I mean, like, <laughs> He's a he's a big brother for my son, who's 14 years old and, and you know, going wow. through growing up. And, you know, when I have I'm dad. So my son, son's kids don't <laughs> always listen to their dad. But, you know, if, if I if I need to, I'll just hey dang, call your little brother and he'll hit, he'll call him and and keep him in line with things that that matter. So, I mean, he's a again, he's a genuine person and and, and a guy that you can. You can really lean on for everything. That's so powerful. That is fantastic. I mean, that that's the thing that people don't realize about so many of the players in the league is right. that they're really good people. They really want to help people. That's really a special story. That that's really that's fantastic. I didn't know any of that about him either. That's great. That yeah. makes my day. Yep. That's really something. Let's hear from our latest sponsor, Max One. Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows your team to train, communicate, and stay organized all in one easy-to-use spot. With all these useful features for one low price, I can't emphasize enough the value Max One can bring to your program, especially with the basketball season right around the corner. I know firsthand the importance of keeping your team on the same page as the season reaches its peak. I'm confident Max One can solve these problems for you and keep your program connected to help ensure you're on pace for the most effective season possible. Max One allows you to create individualized workouts for each player on your team with videos attached and deliver them right to your athlete's phone, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts and helping your players improve as the season goes on. You can then combine these workouts into an entire in-season program tailor-made to complement all the hard work that your athletes are already putting in during the season. 
You can even track your athletes' progress on the Max One leaderboards to see the improvement coming from your team, keeping everyone on the team accountable while encouraging a culture of competition. I also know how the calendar feature allows you to keep athletes, parents, and coaches alike as organized as possible. Workout schedules, practices, tournament games can all be created via color-coded schedules ensuring your athletes are in the loop with details on whatever events you have throughout the long season. To learn more about how MaxOne can help you run your program this offseason, head to their website at gomaxone.com and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a MaxOne program specialist. As always, mention me. Coach Brendan Sir sent you, and you'll receive a special discount if you decide to purchase. Again, visit www.gomax1.com right now to schedule your free demo. You won't be disappointed. So you have uh, CJ McComb, okay, another guy, Lehigh University. You know, I don't know. I'm a Northeast guy, but I don't know anyone from Lehigh, (laughs) right? I really don't. Well, he's the first one to get to the NBA from there, I think. Eddie's bright. He's really into stuff. Class act. And, man, can he shoot that ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, wow. CJ is is one of the most talented, just naturally talented and gifted um, individuals, especially when it comes to scoring the basketball. He knows how to score. And, um, you know, I I remember when CJ was – um, in his, I guess it was his third year where he, where he kind of blew up and, yeah, um, we was doing, and was doing really well. Um, you know, and we, we expected it. I know we were working towards that, um, as far as for him. Um, but he, he, uh, I, I, I was being interviewed by, I forgot who, who which, uh, publication, but I was being interviewed by someone and they were asking me about, and they were trying to use Damien and CJ uh, as far as like a, a comparison and comparing the two as similar and, you know, four years at a small school and not heavily recruited and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there's so much alike and the same size and the small guards and can they play together and all these questions. And what was really interesting to me was I couldn't disagree more with, all of the things that was that were being asked of asked of me or said to me, um, I mean, all the way, all the way to, all the way to everything. I mean, everything was sounded so off to me, and it, it was interesting because I, I said to myself, "Well, this this is what the perception is, and it couldn't be further from a reality." CJ and Damien are no not anywhere near alike. They aren't similar in that, in that respect, they do have similar hearts. They have similar uh, mentalities when it comes to work ethic, but that might be pretty much where it starts stops. Like when, when Dame came into the, when Dame came into the league, Dame didn't eat sushi, wouldn't touch it. And I took him to his first sushi place and he had some, and now he ordered, he'll go get sushi and you know, like stuff like that. CJ Mm -hmm. had already was already into a lot of different things already had, uh, a mental approach in dealing with so many different things as far as like media, media training stuff had, had you know, already taken, taken root with him so much. So that CJ may have been coming into the league and I could tell a story about this maybe later, but CJ, CJ may have been focused a little bit 
and prioritizing a little bit in the wrong area when he first got in the league. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the differences between those two is like so much so to, to even dealing with on the court. On the court, in my opinion, and I've told both of them this numerous times, but Dame, Dame, CJ, Damien was built to be become Damian Lillard. CJ is CJ, and CJ is, to me, more skilled, more naturally ta- natural talent as far as the ability to score, all these different things. CJ are, is is who he is, and he's going to be that. And, you know, Damien basically, it was from a different uh, different breed of work, a different breed of attitude, a different breed of willpower. Um, so some things that CJ can do naturally, I try to can try to teach Dame to do, and it's not necessarily as natural for him. And I mean, you know, that just goes to speak to their to, to how contrast contrastingly similar, I guess that they that they actually are. And we went through a process of what I what I know I worked at with those two when they, when we were together was trying to uh, crossbreed them, I guess, so to speak. So certain things mm-hmm. that I thought Dame needed to do better or do more of we would work on and they were more similar to things that cj could do normally and certain things that dane did more of i would work on with cj so to make him a little bit more so i mean it was it was just interesting going through that process and uh, it was fun and certain things took hold some things didn't but they enjoyed it they embraced it and and they grew from it for sure but you know cj is cj is a phenomenal phenomenal basketball player phenomenal instinctual uh, player on the court and um, a very generous person off the court. I mean, he's, he's highly cultured. He's into now into wine heavily and um, into arts and, you know, all these different things. CJ enjoys life. CJ loves life. (laughs) He's from Oakland, you know, and uh, and a lot of those kids are like that. You know, that's fabulous. I mean, you know, when you coach stars like that and diverse people, I mean, it it just may, helps you grow too. And uh, you know, you've had some great influence by working with, playing for as a player, a lot of different coaches. Who has been uh, a coach of yours as a player, or someone you've worked with uh, of influence? Who um, are well, some of them? I mean, I can you know definitely. Um, definitely start with uh, Ethereum Messina. Um, I mean, he uh, he definitely influenced me heavily um, as a as a player and a coach. Uh, he uh, I always admired him from afar when um, when I, I was playing in Siena in uh, in Italy, and he was actually I was in Avellino first, and then Siena. But he was the head coach of uh, Benetton uh, Treviso, and um, I had um, admired the success. Obviously, that that team always had. It was always a Euro League Final Four type of team, top team in Italy, uh, winning championships. And I definitely wanted to be a part of winning. But the the way that the way that things seemed with him. Um, as far as his his dedication to the to the game um, was something that I admire from afar, and uh, I got a chance when I was playing in the Italian league. Um, I was named an All Star uh, one of the seasons, and, and Coach Messina was ended up coaching the American All Star part of that 
that that uh, All Star Weekend in Italy. So the Italian team was coached by uh, by actually my coach Carlo Ricalcati, who was the uh, Italian national team coach at the time. Fabulous Messina, coach. Yeah. And Messina coached the other team. So I'm like, okay, I'm get a chance to play for Messina, and he was absolutely crazy. And I'm looking like, oh god, <laughs> like, he's he's yelling, he's screaming. I'm like, this is an All Star game. Chill out, but. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I did I did see the passion that he had for the game, and um, from there, I then felt more of a closeness, I guess, to him, and wanted to make sure to to be as impressive as possible. Not only to beat Benetton because they were good, but to make sure that he he saw me in a in a certain light. And unfortunately, fortunately enough. Close to the close to the end of my career, when when he got a job with uh, with Seska Moscow, was one of the bigger teams in in all of Europe. Um, he called myself and Trajan Langdon, myself Trajan Langdon and Mateusz Smodis, and the other two, Mateusz and Trajan, had already played for him before. I had not, so um, it was it was an honor for you know to get a phone call from him asking me to join them. Um, with the team in Seska and got a chance to play, actually play for him and play under him and understand him a little bit more and understand some of the things that, that, uh, that he believed in uh, a little bit more. Now working for him as a coach, again, it peeled back another layer for me. I really, um, as a player, I knew that he, how, how deep he was into details and how much they mattered to him. As a coach, I started to learn and understand why. And he did, a, a, I think, a great job in teaching me so much just about so many different uh, facets of the game. And he's the one that, that told me I was going to coach when I finished playing, even though I'm like, no way. And he kind of <laughs> yeah. made me do it. So, you know, I owe it all to him. Well, this past summer, in full disclosure, David joined our faculty at Coaching You out in Las Vegas and did an incredible job presenting to coaches from around the world. And I got such a kick, because Ed Ray being one of my very best friends, to watch the two of you talk to each other for two hours before you each spoke was just, and then he sat there <laughs> and was mesmerized when you were talking. And I thought that was so cool. And uh, <laughs> it was like the, the teacher and the pupil and, yeah. and he has great love for you. And so that was really neat. Um, talk about Terry Stotts as a coach. I, I really am a big fan. Mm -hmm. Talk about Terry, you know, about, you know, his strengths. Um, I, one of the, I mean, I, you know, having the opportunity to work with Terry for seven, seven years. I mean, it's, it's been a, a phenomenal ride. Um, I couldn't, couldn't have asked for a better person to learn the NBA game and atmosphere under. And, um, he really gave me a, a the space to, to grow. He gave me the space to, to fall down, the space to skin my knee, the space to, you know, get up and, you know, patch myself up and keep going. And, um, you know, I, I really, um, I appreciate him for, for that. He, he is, I think one of the bigger, bigger things that I took from Terry was how he, uh, how he empowers his, his players. And some of the things that, not only the things that he says and does, but the things that he doesn't say and do and the reasons behind them. Um, you know, he, he, he does a great job of, first of all, protecting guys. Uh, you know, some, sometimes guys are struggling. There's different things going on. 
media may like to pile on. It's this, that, and the third. And Terry does a great job, I think, of just protecting that aspect of things, making sure that, you know, wins, losses, X, Y, Z is not about that guy. It's about more than that. It's a bigger picture, a bigger plan, as well as um, he d- he does a great job when, when guys are on the floor, on the court, empowering them to make decisions. And, you know, by that, I mean, like, Terry, you know, Terry, Terry doesn't like every shot that every guy takes. And sure. most of the time when guys will take certain shots, especially Dane, I was the one that heard about it. And I might have been the one that heard, you know, because Terry would look at me, lean over to me and just say something. Oh, my gosh, why is he doing it again? And yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but it, he was he was not going to say that to any of the players because his his thought is they need to have as free a mind as possible. They have to make decisions. And so he wanted them to feel as confident as possible. So, I mean, we had guys taking shots and able to make shots that other people may not want them to ever take. And the fact that they feel the confidence to be able to take some of those shots coupled with obviously the work that they put in allows them to be put in the positions for their talent to take over. Kind of like Damian hitting that last shot against Oklahoma city to end the series. Wow. Yeah. Poor Billy Donovan still having nightmares. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and Russell is too, you know. Yeah, man. We knew. Yeah. I, I knew it was coming. I knew he was going to shoot that. <laughs> I knew. I knew it was coming. I told somebody while we were sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> As like he's shooting this. How about that? So, um, how hard was it to move after seven years in Portland with a really good team uh, and take a job with the youngest coach in the league? Ryan <laughs> I mean, no, think about, I, I think about it. Yeah. No, they're not, uh, I mean, for someone that's not on his staff, there is mm-hmm. no bigger fan than I am of Ryan Saunders. I think mm-hmm. he is a absolute superstar in the making and everyone's going to say, Oh, I knew it. I knew it. But uh, let right. me tell you this, this guy, I'm calling it now. He right. is fabulous. And I love what he's doing with your coaching staff. I, I love the guy. I love his temperament. Uh, I was a great friend of his dad. Uh, mm-hmm. But this guy has uncanny ability. Like I always say about my son, he said, oh, your son's like you. No, no, he's a lot better than me. And I, <laughs> I, Ryan is fabulous. And he really, one of those few people that, you know what, he's really, really special like his dad. But mm-hmm. uh, wh- why would you make that move and work for a young coach? What gave you that confidence in him that you wanted to do it? Well, I mean, you know, I, first first of all, it, it was, I thought, uh, a very, um, very uh, bold and, and, and telling decision for Ryan to be a part of the, the group because Gerson and Ryan basically recruited me to come to right. Minnesota. And I mean, I, I interviewed for the, for the job that he has and afterwards, you know, they had me to Minnesota and what, what people think was an interview was not an interview. I got here and it was, it was, I felt like I was getting ready to go to college again and I felt wanted and I felt needed. And some of the things that we discussed and talked about uh, while I was here were, were very um, alluring and enticing to me in that. I knew there was a a, a, vo- a need to fill a void, and I felt like maybe I aligned with being able to do that. Now, the biggest part of even considering that was was Ryan and Gerson, and you know, especially Ryan, but Ryan and Gerson, 
being the type of people that they that they showed to be. Um, you know, knowing that knowing that you have to, you know, obviously work work with uh, some 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 a group of people uh, every day and and consistently, you you have to have a certain feel as far as um, being able to to do that on a daily basis. And I mean, from from the gate, I, I felt like. I mean, I've, I've known Gerson for many, many, many years. Ryan and I knew of each other. We didn't actually know each other. But some of yeah. his closest friends are also some of my closest friends. So our I close like friends know both of us. We just had never been around each other that often. And, you know, after obviously talking to them, it's like, you know, this this, this is my type of guy. You know what I mean? So um, I, I kind of thought long and hard about um, about that opportunity to, to work with somebody that I could grow with. And, you know, like, like I was, uh, kind of alluding to before, it was an opportunity to work with someone, not necessarily for, because I do work for Ryan, but he made it clear, like, look, we're going to do all of us. We're going to do this together. And, you know, it was like, I just, you know, my eyes just lit up and my, I talked to my kids and we prayed about it. And I mean, shockingly enough, you know, the hard part, it was really hard to leave Portland. What the comfortable thing would have been to stay in Portland and, you know, ride that out for as long as that as, as that went. And I did have an ability to, to be able to try to stay in Portland for a few more years. But, you know, you, at times you have to grow. Um, sometimes you have to, to take an opportunity to be a part of something special, take an opportunity to be, be a part of building something um, from the ground up basically and take a take a chance on actually being a part of that because that will help you grow as well and for me you know it's an opportunity for me to grow as an individual being involved and in, in privy being involved with a bunch of things and privy to certain information that I was not going to be privy to necessarily in Portland so um, you know it's, it's 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 been great and it's funny because when I came on my I call it a visit, but when I came on my visit, <laughs> your um, recruiting talk, visit, yes, <laughs> yeah, my recruiting visit. I talked to Ryan and 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 Gerson. I'm like, yeah, man. When I came, you guys were, you know, the music was playing, the band was playing. When I got off the bus, just like you know, just like they do it when you go to college. And I said, now if I decide to come, I, I hope the band is still going to be playing. So I mean, just <laughs> even just the other day, I was talking to Gerson. I was like, yeah, the band is still playing. I mean, it's 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 been great. Yeah. What, you know, one of the things that I, I think uh, that Ryan has shown <laughs> maturity beyond his age is yeah. the way he's approaching the coaching, um, his staff, putting mm -hmm. it together. You know, he took time and explained to me uh, how he's hired offensive defense coordinators, quality control coaches, like a football mm -hmm. program. And yeah. I'm totally in agreement with that because I think football's always been way ahead of basketball as far as organization. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's named you basically his defense coordinator, even though every time Terry starts yelled on the bear shot, you were Damon's coordinator too. So, you know, <laughs> you know, so you're an equal opportunity guy. You coach both sides of the ball and stuff yeah. like that. But, uh, but the, when you get in the league, like Tom Thibodeau did, uh, when Lawrence Frank did, and people like that, when you get named to be in charge of something, it's it's not done like football, where we say, you know, you're you're in charge of this, and and I mm -hmm. think it's a huge step for you career wise. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, just there's a there's a level of ownership, and 
with that comes a, a even bigger and greater level of responsibility. Um, I, I did do a lot of the the defense in Portland, and you know, I did I did that job as well. Sure. Uh, the the, dif- the difference, I guess, is um, it wasn't like a something that was that was paraded or pro- or very prominent. Like, well, you're the associate, you're the lead assistant, you're the defensive coordinator, you're the blah blah blah. And I mean, here I'm named associate head coach, and I am responsible for the defense. And there's no cut cards about who has to make some of those decisions and has to lead that charge when it comes to that area of the game. And, uh, you know, it, it is a heavy responsibility. And it's, again, you talk about preparation, uh, you know, being able to, first of all, do that coupled with um, being privy, like I said, to some of the responsibilities of the head coach as preparation for, for actually maybe possibly doing that job someday somewhere. And, you know, you couldn't ask for more when you talk about getting an opportunity to grow, getting an opportunity to develop. Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive, versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, Fast Draw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding in the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. So when you're putting, you're, as we're recording this, David, we're, we're, you know, you're going to go into training camp next week uh, for the start yeah. of the season. Now, do you have the ability to basically say, here's the things I want to cover today on the defensive end of practice, or is it you and Ryan? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there, there, there are things that, and I feel okay. This is necessary. That's necessary. And Ryan has the final say in in what we decide to do as a group. Um, sure. But, but uh, yeah, I, I I've had the responsibility of making making those decisions. And um, again, he's been great in in just allowing me to to put put together and build things the way that I see fit. So uh, we've been you know we've been collaborative in pretty much everything that we've done um, so far. And like I said, it's a testament to him to to first of all allow that, but also to be. I mean, like I, like I said before, he's he's a re, he's a genuine dude and a, and my kind of person. And right, um, you know, sometimes when you when you when you say, hey, if you come, this is what it's going to be like. It's, sometimes it's hard to follow through on that because things change, and sometimes you you make some different decisions here or there, and you know things kind of 
kind of get a little 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 iffy sometimes and it has it has not been that been that at all it this has been this experience has been everything that ryan and gerson promised it would well i love gerson i think he is a stud and he is going to be one of the great leaders in our league mm-hmm. i think you talk about real people and you said you've been a long time friend i have been He's a new friend for me, but boy, am I blown away by him. He is a star. And um, I really think you guys are really destined for incredible things. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your future, your career. What's, mm-hmm. the, what's the goals for you down the road? Uh, down the road, I mean, honestly, Brandon, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, obviously I aspire to be a head coach someday. Um, but ultimately like I, I try to stay as much into my why as possible and I got into coaching because I felt like I could help and I felt like I could help other people grow I love and, and get a big kick out of seeing and changing um, the lives of some of these young men and seeing their lives change to what what they I mean you talked about Damien and his 200 and some odd million dollars yeah um, Dame if you're listening matter of fact I might need like to, to borrow three dollars too tomorrow but <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, you talk about, you know, CJ getting, getting, you know, his extension and being able to secure the future, future wealth of his family even further. And those guys living their dream and being able to, you know, do some of the things that they, they're capable of doing. And, and I mean, I, I, I get a kick out of it. Like that's, that, that gives me a boost of adrenaline. That gives me a, um, I get a heavy satisfaction for that. And that's why I got into this is to, you know, see people's lives change and to help them grow and, and and hopefully grow myself and um you know as long as i'm able to do that then i'm i'm okay you know i mean i i I will be okay uh again aspirations being what they are to me become a little bit different than goals if i if i set certain things as a goal the question is then what do i do after i reach it so you know i aspire to be a head coach hopefully that happens someday and somebody's foolish enough to take a chance on me and uh, we'll see what happens. I think they would be not be foolish, my friend. I think it would be a genius decision, you know, but you know, I've always been a huge fan of yours as a human being and, you know, more importantly than even a coach. And so, uh, you know, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing time with us today. And my prediction uh, is, and I was telling Zach this the other day that, um, we were so impressed. <laughs> we had Gerson at our leadership program. We had Ryan and yourself at coaching you. I think mm-hmm. you have the nucleus for a great organization, first of all. And you got some darn good players there, really good yeah. players. I, you're my sleeper pick to really, really surprise people in the Western Conference. I think you guys are really going to surprise people. And that would be fitting, and that would really be justified based on everything that's going on there. So I'm, I'm really excited for you, and I can't wait to see you when you come through Orlando this year. Well, I definitely appreciate it, Brendan, and I've always had so much respect and, and admiration for you as well. You know, your years in this business, and like you spoke about, we've known each other for a really long time. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on your podcast, having me coaching you this, this summer. I had a great time doing that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always here if you need me. Well, you know, the coaches, uh, you know, the only it's interesting, you know, because, again, I, get, I have the great benefit of having seen and listened to and observed the best coaches in the NBA in college. I had him speak at coaching you. And um, when you spoke this summer, 
I was like this proudest guy going because you just <laughs> crushed it, man. And and Ray and I went out to dinner and we just said, he said, that's my guy. That's my guy. And I said, <laughs> you know, and, 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 that, and that's why you just said why you coach. And that's why he coaches too. Really? So, you, you know, you're an extraordinary guy. So I'm, I'm thrilled that the Timberwolves have you. And Thank I know you. it's going to be a good relationship for as long as you're there. And at the proper time, when the fit is right, you'll be a head coach in this league. And I'll be the first guy there. So excited for you. But, uh, hey, my best to Ryan and Gerson. And uh, thanks again for doing this before your season kicks off. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. You know, we have a lot of people that are guests on Coaching You. And, you know, all types of people, different positions. But when you know someone from when they played to when they got into coaching and then you watch them progress and then to listen to them give you answering your questions about why they're in coaching, David Vanderpool understands his why. And it's the why that I believe makes a really good coach. It's transformational coaching. Follow David Vanderpool. He's a he's a star in the making, and I really enjoy him. And if you really liked what you heard, get his individual tape. Go to coachingyou.tv. You will love what you hear. He's really organized. He's a good coach, and he's a hell of a defensive coach. I think you'll really like him. Ryan Saunders knocked it out of Coaching You, his boss, the son of the incredible Flip Saunders. And, uh, this, and I hate to say it, you know, the apple don't fall far from the tree. This, this is, I wish Flip could be watching him right now. He'd be so proud because Ryan is a superstar in the making. So I think you'll really enjoy both of these guys. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sarah.